As soon as I step into the room, my eyes are immediately led towards the structure. It's pretty bright and it has moving lights in it, going from one side to the other. The structure seems to have something like veins, very small branches, sticks that are all connected in a very organic seeming way. If I look behind me, the same lights that I was looking at are projected on the wall. It almost seems like luminous ants crawling on the wall forming an underground tunnel system. And as soon as I walk through the space, the noises and the lights start changing. I look around me and I see some people sitting on a bench, looking at the same sculpture, taking it all in, analyzing it. So I turn to them and I ask, what do you think this is? And is it art? I am seeing the nervous system and how all that connects and how there are loads of nerve endings and it just seems so connected but each thing is so particular and so important on its own but part of this massive web. So I think it's uh, how the universe works actually. Uh, If you just uh, see it from a tree perspective, it's like a tree and everything is connected through the branches. The nerves that go around and how they kind of look familiar in a, in a web sort of way with one central theme, strand pulling everything together. I think that's the most important message and that we are, we are all connected with something more than just our lives and I think that's what the art wants to show. I think the tree one, we didn't really realize how it worked. DICE is more focusing, in my opinion, uh, to like science and, uh, and uh, the theory behind how trees are working. And uh, therefore, they are using creativity to make a visual representation of how these trees and like roots are working. So I don't see that work not necessary as art. The podcast by Next Museum in Amsterdam, the home of new media art at the intersection of art, science, sound, and tech. In this first season, we're exploring the artworks from our inaugural exhibition, Shifting Proximities, trying to answer the never-ending question, but is it art? This episode, we focus on E Continuum by Thijs Biersteker. Welcome, Victor. So here, the first space you see here is more of our sort of office space where we uh, do all the computer work, etc. That's only a small space, luckily, because we have a really big working space. This is Sophie de Krom welcoming me. She is the studio director at Woven Studios, situated in an old factory which is now turned into multiple artist studios. I've actually been here before. And so have you, if you've listened to episode 3 of this podcast with Helene Blanke. She has her studio in the same building. Sophie takes me all the way to the back. We walk into Woven Studios, which is the home of Thijs Biersteker, who created a continuum for Next Museum. Sophie points towards a big round table that looks like a giant magnifying glass. Yeah, and this is uh, one of the artworks that will uh, leave the studio next week. What you see here is actually a giant how do you say that lens filled with water and the work is about gravitational waves there's a plunger in there so the water will will get triggered to move and then you see the rippling effect and that's exactly what happens in space as well so that's how we visualize that effect then i sit down with thijs beefsteaker himself he hands me a cup of very strong espresso and i let him listen to the same reactions of the people that you heard earlier on 
This is him explaining what they did and did not get. The artwork talks about how plants talk to each other and keep each other strong no matter what. So they can compete for light on the top, but in the bottom they feed and nurture each other and they communicate to keep each other stronger. And if that message resonates, I think I've done my job well because that's the, the challenge that we're facing these times. And I love how they start in space. I guess when you're in a dark room and you see the sculpture moving, I think that's that is the first association. But if you read the word tree somewhere, I think the word clicks. And you hear that a little bit, like the moment they start to understand that part, they start to understand the bigger picture as well. So the work definitely talks about connectivity. But let's settle this. What was I and what were the visitors actually seeing at the museum? The artwork at Next Museum is showing how trees are communicating under the ground in a way... Uh, that is unvisible for everybody. So what I did, I worked together with Stefano Mancuso. Stefano Mancuso is a plant neurobiologist. And what we did together is we took his data sets from uh, how plants communicate under the ground, so how they share warning signals and how they share nutrition. So what we found is we went into the lab of Stefano and he showed us some of the first mappings where they track the communication between those trees and between root systems. And we rebuilt that in a glass-like sculpture created from recycled plastics. And in that, we mapped the flows of energy, like the the communication of the the warning signals and the flows of the nutrition. And basically, you can see two roots communicating from two different trees. Imagine this. You're walking in the forest. The wind is brushing through the branches and you hear the crackling of dry leaves under your shoes. Maybe you're talking to someone else on your walk. Well, what Thijs's work reveals is that you're not the only one talking. For example, a bunch of little insects are nibbling on the leaves of a tree. That tree can feel this and it sends out a signal to the other trees in its network through their shared roots. The other trees receive the warning signal And as a defense mechanism, they make their leaves more sour, which the insects don't like. And through those same roots, not only information is shared, but also nutrients. The trees not only defend one another, they keep each other alive. And E-Continuum at Next Museum is set out to show exactly this phenomenon. And we did that in a way with a system that is using a bit of artificial intelligence to analyze the biometrics in the room. Now, that's getting complicated, but basically it's when somebody walks in with a lot of perfume, the one sculpture will warn the other sculpture uh, about the trees how much that there's something happening in the room and that they need to uh, adapt to it. And then the other sculpture says like, okay, thanks, I knew this communication, sending this this energy to me has cost you energy, so I will send nutrition back to you. And the whole day this happens with between the two sculptures. Looking around the studio, I could see a lot of artworks that were related to biology or ecology. For example, the big lens from earlier on. And there's also a big crane designed to mimic the movements of a leaf. There's the artwork Wither, which shows deforestation through fading lights in a beautiful, wide tree-like structure. So I ask Sophie. Yeah, it seems like you guys are um, becoming more interested in plants and plant growth and plant communication, right? Mm -hmm. You didn't start out that way. You started out with something else, right? Or am I wrong? 
Yeah, it's since the, our first artwork that was about trees, Voice of Nature, that's from 2018. We presented that in China. That was actually the first work where we really worked with trees and our communication. And we made that in collaboration with the TU Delft. And that really started something inside of Thijs's head. And um, like Thijs, of, of course, has all the, uh, is the creative lead here. And I'm the studio director. So that I do all the, more of the, the practical things. But that was really the start of the the plant uh, <laughs> uh, journey. Uh, journey indeed yeah so how people describe my art it's awareness art it's ego art it's biomimicry and it's the mix of science and art and i think the last part is where we're really good at here at the woven studio this is thais again in terms of avoiding activism as an art form uh, i think that is exactly what i do i use science i do amplify that through art to create awareness around these topics and make them accessible. So yeah, I think awareness art is a good framing. Awareness art. It might seem like another buzzword, but it's a quite common theme in contemporary art and new media art as well. The idea of awareness art is to, you guessed it, raise awareness through art. The artist wishes to communicate their message to a big audience and educate them on the most relevant topics of today. I think the biggest challenges of today is, of course, the climate crisis and everything that sprouts from that. So that becomes the migration uh, that's that's popping up. That's come the forest fires, the deforestation, the biodiversity loss, and, of course, the heating of the oceans and the melting of the ice caps. Who has all of the technical information on these topics? Scientists. But the research report that scientists publish often don't reach the audience they should reach. In the case of the continuum, Thijs had already mentioned that he worked with Stefano Mancuso, who is one of the lead plant neurobiologists in the world. He studies plant intelligence and was one of the first to do so. This is Stefano in a TED talk from a few years ago. It's also wrong about plants. Because plants are not just able to live, they are able to sense. They are much more sophisticated in sensing than animals. Just to give you an example, every single root apex is able to detect and to monitor concurrently and continuously at least 15 different chemical and physical parameters. And they are also able to show and to exhibit such a wonderful and complex behavior that can be described just with the term of intelligence. Well, but this is something, this underestimation of plants is something that it's always with us. Stefano has everything. The credibility as a scientist, the years of research, the data, but there's just something he's lacking to communicate this to a bigger audience. And that's where Thijs comes in. So we're collaborating with these bigger entities that collect the data, but they have a, a really hard problem communicating them. Because, I mean, we've seen the headlines every day. We've seen, we're numb by numbers and we're blinded by all these same images. So it's time to, to actually use those data and communicate with them. And if... And, scientists start to be really creative then you cannot trust his data and if an artist is trying to do research then you have corrupt data because there's no peer review process but i think it's my job and i think we do that really well is to build the connection 
So, so when working with top scientists, they're most of the time worried that one, they will get the cliche questions and two, that they lose a lot of time talking to an artist. So what we do is we help them uh, with giving them a format how many minutes they actually are going to invest in this collaboration. And uh, we do a lot of research. Two or three weeks we read in before every meeting so we know our shit. I think it's just giving structure to the process will help and make it easier for art science collaborations. Let's summarize. The awareness artist wants to bring attention to an important topic of today. Scientists have been studying the phenomenon or topic at hand for years, but their research has been reduced to temporary headlines and the general audience has become numb for this information. So the artist and the scientist find each other in the relevance of their work and the need to bring it to a big audience. The artist knows how to get a message across to the audience, and they use the abstract data to create an artwork that takes us by surprise, with facts that we've probably already seen somewhere. Not only that, it also moves us. I'm back at Next Museum, microphone at the ready. As I walk out of the exhibition, I stumble upon two of my colleagues. Hello, my name is Alan uh, Reule Solano. I am a host at the Next Museum. Uh, besides being a host at this beautiful museum, I am also an animator at AKU uh, Utrecht. I'm Sophia. I here work as a host. And besides Next, I'm a writer and a poet. What <laughs> you is can that? Cut this. <laughs> uh, of course, I'm quite interested in uh, moods. Uh, of course, the future as well. And I'd say the unexplainable which is quite uh, possibly the reason for art, I'd say. I love the potential of technologies and I love making world building as well. As Alan and Sophia are both artists, I was very curious how they looked at the artwork and how they saw that people interacted with it. Well, just as I said at the start, um, explaining the unexplainable, for instance, uh, AI, how would you visualize that? Like a million possible uh, possibilities, but to do it in such a way that it connects to nature as well is quite fascinating. I think I think that they are connected from the very beginning. I think all the technology that we do is inspired by nature and I think that nature is a technology as well. If you really go deep into the stuff and you realize that it's a process of sending signals to each other and that's basically a lot what interactive technologies do. So that's why I was telling you there's no difference because there a lot of interactive technologies translate the signals and they send it to each other and if you look what plants do that's what they do as well there's a term for this copying nature which is called biomimicry you can see this in some designs of planes for example where they looked at the design of a bird in order to fly more efficiently or how olympic swimmers have suits out of material very similar to a dolphin's skin when asked about whether or not his art is biomimicry Thijs says this. I think biomimicry is something trying to replicate and use it in our advantage. Uh, I think that's something scientists can do and designers can do and sometimes an artist can stumble upon. Where I'm in is creating metaphors that I find in nature to amplify the, the structural changes that we need to go through as a society. So for me that part is, it's not biomimicry but it's using and copying and uh, making the bigger issues accessible through 
the metaphors of nature. Through talking to Thijs, it has become very clear that he wants to make his audience aware of what's happening around us in nature and how we can learn from that in order to live more consciously and try to look beyond our human-centered world. In other artworks, Thijs has also addressed the pollution cigarettes made, how traffic is disturbing the growth of a tree or deforestation of the Amazon. He wishes to bring these topics to the public and raise awareness. But how much can it actually make a change? My colleague Sophia is convinced that it can. The art can definitely make a change in how uh, awareness is raised in the environment because a lot of people do not get, um, you know, an everyday touch with these issues. And that's what art is for. And art is also like making you realize things through the senses. So it's a more total experience. It's not just a fact-based article. It's somehow making you feel things and like with um, the installation is exactly what that is like okay uh, you you really are in this process of um, roots and communication you sense this I think uh, awareness and change are sequels this is dice again first you need to understand the knowledge that's there so we have the science first then science needs to be brought to the public then the public needs to have an emotional connection to the raw data. So that's the part where I am in. And when the emotions and the data merge, I believe then action sprouts. Because then you know why you're doing it and you feel the urge to act on it. So I think that's a really important connection where the scientific data and the emotional enablers like artists in different levels from podcast makers to artists uh, that draw to artists that dance to artists that make music everybody has their function now is to help further this society because we have to make a really quick shift so i think that's our little corner and then the action i hope we inspire and trigger to measure the impact of art on a visitor and how they start taking care of their environment is impossible but art has become a motor for change and artists are taken seriously in tackling environmental issues. Take the New York-based artist Mary Mattingly. In 2016, she created Swale, an old barge which she turned into an edible landscape on water. People could grow and harvest crops on the floating landscape, as there was no law on the water preventing them from cultivating crops in the public space. Mattingly thought it was ridiculous that there's over 30,000 acres of parks in New York but all produce and herbs had to be imported. Within a year of the work opening, the city had opened up a section of a park in the Bronx for people to cultivate their own foods. Or environmental artist Olafur Eliasson. He was invited to speak at the 2019 United Nations Climate Action Summit, since his work on climate change from the Earth's perspective was so confronting and touching. So we can only imagine what the future brings. I think the future of media art. Media art is a term from the 60s where the medium is the message and where the technology is up front, which for me is boring because technology is just an enabler of a story. Showing 3D printers because 3D printing is is done. Like I've seen that a million times. Or showing computer graphics because you can make computer graphics on a computer. Like it's been done. So new media art for me is a really boring terminology because it's it's just another bucket of paint. 
and our bucket of paint is being extended and we're really lucky that with, with the rise of the Arduinos, with the rise of the sensors and availability of that, the palette of the artists has grown so rapidly. I think the artwork itself is running a bit slow on that and not picking up quick enough because our generation, your generation and the museum of the next generation, we're used to that. It's it's a disappointment if you see another 10,000 paintings on a wall and you're like, cool, so how does that? It's, it's reflecting an old era and I think these works, and Ecotinuous as an example, they can keep evolving. Keep evolving and hopefully create some highly necessary change. Thank you so much for listening to the fifth episode of But Is It Art, a podcast by me, Victor van der Velde, for Next Museum. Next episode, we will literally zoom into the human face as we talk about facial recognition, privacy, but also the evolution of new media art. Come and check us out. We're a new media art museum at the intersection of art, science, sound and tech. Go to our website to see what's going on. See you there.